Today on Rebuilders, we have a guest with us. Who is the guest today, Mark? The guest is Trudy Sayers, um, who's going to be sharing her story. We know many of you have prayed this year and supported us. And in the background of Rebuilders this year has been the story of Trudy's journey with cancer. So we are really privileged to have her sharing with us what she learned as a leader. What is it to be a leader who's suffering in the midst of something like this? And um, yeah, get your tissues. (laughs) Let's get into it. Welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Lydia and I'm here with Mark and Daniel. How are you both today? I'm very well because it's now Christmas season. Yeah. It's December. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowing it. And so I'm jolly and festive. <laughs> and hot. It's hot today. And that's probably that's, that's probably uh, strange for many of our Northern Hemispherian listeners because you're used to winter, but down under, it's, mm. it's summer and it's hot. Brilliant. Down it's under. Good. Brilliant. Down under. I have so many good memories of just hot Christmases, barbecues, yeah. little wading pools in the backyard. Yeah. yeah, cricket. Like we used to have water fights in my grandparents' orchard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we do do strange things. Like we still maintain some of the British traditions of like roasting food and puddings yeah. and yep. you know all that sort of stuff. And yeah, mm. pavlovas. Mm. Bird uh, update. Bird oh, update. Oh yes, the bird <laughs> hotel. How's it yeah, going? Two yeah. turtle doves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, well, the bird has departed, so oh, it's exited. No. It's exited no more and returning in a to its family for. Uh, <laughs> It's family for uh, so those of you just joining us. We I had a bird make home in my letterbox, and uh, it's quite annoying because you'd have parcels and stuff come in, uh, but it's gone now. So our listeners can rest easy. They could do a security check on the parcels. We could get a live. Customs, can customs. you set up a live <laughs> camera? A live camera in my letterbox. No. For, okay. They've Look, got I, a live camera I for could. some. Like, I feel like we've got. There's some birds somewhere in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, there's a skyscraper and there's an eagle or hawk up up top of one of the skyscrapers in Melbourne and there's a a live cam. You can look at it. I mean, it could be just as popular. If I get 500 signatures to do it, then I'll I'll, I'll set it up. (laughs) I can tell you that the Red Church budget does not allow for it, so you have to fund it yourself. (laughs) Out of my own pocket. Mm. Okay, I'll think about it. Oh, partridge cam. Did you ever have any uh, encounters with uh, animals as kids? What was your... You're well, afraid to what we're talking well, about. Well, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> about a, snakes. Yeah, I'm a city kid and you're a country kid. So it's a lot more exciting. I'm dealing with like birds, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we had snakes. snakes living under our house. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I actually never saw them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see a snake as a kid? Uh, like maybe once or twice. Okay. But I've actually seen more snakes since I've lived in Melbourne than oh, I. I've never at seen the zoo. Yeah. I've seen the them rep- at the zoo. Re- reptile house. Well, when I say I, since moving to Melbourne, I like I would say I've seen the snakes regionally. Yeah. But I've I was More living in Melbourne at the time. But th- I have seen them in like metropolitan Melbourne, so sort of bushy along the Mary parks Creek and stuff. Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Daniel? Child, oh, childhood it was memories. A staple. It was part part of life growing up on a farm. Wow. Um, yeah, I literally have memories of like getting ready for school in the morning, and my mum like. Coming out in her dressing gown or bathrobe with a shotgun. That's <laughs> amazing. Like, go kill a snake in the backyard or something. That's fantastic. Ah, good on you, mum. Uh. Now, so I grew up with memories of like at Christmas of roast chicken and roast turkey. Is snake nice as a Christmas meal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'd cut them and use them as stockings. <laughs> oh. 
too far? No, that's great. <laughs> no, oh, love it. Wow. Yeah. All right, we should. A we new should, Christmas I, I tradition. Should, I could actually do it like a few episodes on like my nature. Experiences. Experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. coming up, yeah. Well, well another, side another, side another side podcast. Another side podcast. Yeah. Oh. Snake, this list is getting long. Hunter, snake hunter, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, oh, well, um, yes, okay. Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us for today. We actually have a special guest, Trudy Sayers. It is Hello, such a pleasure to have Hi. you here with us today on Rebuilders. Um, for those of you who have tracked with us this year, you will have actually heard Trudy on the podcast uh, back in February with Brian Heasley uh, with our special with 24-7 Prayer where we heard about what was happening with prayer around the world. Trudy is the National Director for 24-7 Prayer in Australia alongside yes. working here um, at Red Church and you're also a very dear friend. So yeah. uh, we have shared a little bit uh, throughout the year about um, a health crisis that you mm. have experienced and obviously Mark, um, as your husband, you have walked, he's walked alongside you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you to the listeners who have who have prayed and checked in along the way. Trudy, if you can give us a, just a really quick um, yeah. health update, how, yeah. are you, how are you going? Yep. I'd love to. Yes, praise the Lord, I'm going really well. Mm. Um I finished chemotherapy on the 5th of um, September, mm -hmm. uh, was my last round. And um, since then, I'm going from strength to strength, recovering from the fatigue that chemotherapy brings. So uh, alongside that, I had some two targeted drugs mm -hmm. um, and I'll continue on those. They, um, yeah, hopefully, God yep. willing, will keep the cancer at bay. So um, mm. I'll stay on those. Um, all the scans I had um, following my chemotherapy uh, were all excellent and really positive, um, didn't show any active cancer. So effectively it's so all good. dormant. So yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. So good, really. yeah. Yeah. Amen. And well. I just want to thank you to all the Rebuilders um, listeners um, mm. as well. Like you guys, I know Mark's already thanked, but I'd, it's my opportunity to say yeah. thanks as well for praying yeah. and cheering us on through this. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, we are. Uh, so deeply overjoyed that mm. um, that you're here, that you're healthy and that you're able to share with us today. We don't have you on necessarily to give a health update, mm. but we have you on where a podcast that um, we speak to leaders, we encourage leaders across the world, um, mm. whether it's deep diving into some cultural things that are going on and how they filter down into um, churches and organisations and help us um, understand how to lead. We also talk about what it looks like to lead um, towards renewal yeah. and how God shapes leaders yeah. and we know that this journey as we've traveled along with you um, has been significant in shaping you yes. as a leader. Mm. Yes. God has done amazing work <laughs> in you. So your testimony um, we know will provide encouragement and inspiration yeah. mm. um, to so many people out there, yeah. what it looks like to lead through suffering, mm. what it looks mm. like to um, partner with God and depend on him yeah. mm. when you don't have much else. Yes. Um, so, Trudy, we would uh, love to hear from yeah. you. And, and also, yeah. Mark, um, mm. you are very much mm. present throughout the entire thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know that you've also learned a lot about yeah. leading through mm. this whole um, process as well. Mm. So mm. we're going to talk about that today. Mm. Um, so I'm going to let you guys start maybe um, back at that point yeah. where the diagnosis was received back in May. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah. was it at? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what was the experience? Mm. Yeah. And how did God lead you? Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I think I think we can speak about hopes. I think it, it had been, and you know, and listeners will sort of, you know, I guess hear the echoes of parts of this story. You know, it'd been a tough time. You know, mm. coming we started this podcast in in COVID, and you know, sort of Melbourne really it was hard to do church for two years in the way that you normally did, and then sort of you know rebuilding after that was difficult. Going through you know leadership backlash, all kinds mm. of things. It's been in such a tough time. Yes. And I think just before this happened, we were at a moment of real tiredness yeah. and yeah. and sort of battle weariness and excited yeah. about what God was doing and I think you know the year began with you know echoes of renewal and outpourings mm, yeah. and it was it was this strange combination of an exciting time seeing God move you know something mm. we'd really hoped for for a long time but then at the same time just really tough dynamics leadership mm. dynamics church dynamics and um you know I'd gone to the leadership conference so that's where I was and yeah. we could tell that part of the story when I learned this news and in London and but just had a real sense literally in the like 10 minutes before um, I found the news that perhaps we're about to turn a corner and move out of a difficult period so I think for both of us it was just like oh my goodness this has come at a moment when you already feel beat yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but I know for you Trudy you had been praying as well I forgot to use you in a particular way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's sometimes when you look back and you reflect that you realise how God had been working and even the ways he potentially was preparing you for, mm. for, for preparing me for, um, for this. Um, I have to just tell a little, uh, <laughs> little story and sometimes, you know, the prayers you pray are, are like um, <clears throat> important prayers um, and I, oh, I have to say always our prayers are important. <laughs> yes. Actually, I should clarify that. Uh, but, like, I remember just really desperate to just have some time to just, you know, go have some time, an afternoon or whatever, a retreat to just go and, and pray. And just it was it was actually in January and I like to do that, particularly in the new year, to, to seek God and hear from him. And um, I actually drove up to, the, like, the mountain near us. So that's probably about a half-an-hour drive. And I just remember just... Um, yeah, the Lord just ministered to me and, you know, as Mark said, we'd been going through some, you know, some hard time and um, as I was coming down the down the mountain, I was listening to this worship song. Um, it's called Refiner and, you know, the words are like, I want to be tried by fire, you know, purified, <laughs> you know, I want to burn for you, only for you. And, like, I... I just remember that that song just kept resonating and, you know, when I just like I kept singing that over and over mm. as I'd go for walks and, and um, like even like just wanting to press into renewal, you know, that was a heart we kept, um, yeah, leaning into that. Um, and so I look back on the time, I'm like, was that a costly prayer I prayed, you know, <laughs> I want to be tried by fire. But I look back, back now and... Um, yeah, just there's these different moments of preparation. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, even I reflect like in some ways hearing the news in England would sound like a nightmare scenario. But weirdly I look back now and when you're a leader and you go through something like this, even when you go through something like this, people are still watching you lead. Mm. And I think if I'd received mm. the news here, I knew that, you know, you're sort of you're not on display is the wrong word, but, you know, it's different. When you're in your context leading – and so weirdly, you know, I remember hearing the news, I felt very far away and it was also coronation weekend so I couldn't get back because it's just every flight to Australia was, you know, sort of booked and um, I had to hang around in the UK for a few more days and but just God used that like, you know, some of my friends in the UK and I think about, you know, Brian Heasley came and met with me from 24-7 mm. Prayer and sat with me at, at the station and, 
you know, the guys from KXC were amazing and, and I was in Oxford St. All Dates and those guys. Like, so it was just this like weird moment of not having to lead and be but be ministered to, which is mm. not normal when you're a leader. You so often do it in the past or in. Um, so I think in some ways God allowed me to sort of process with him a bit. So get, yeah, yet again, this strange way we felt looking back, God was going ahead. Yeah. yeah. I think um, another interesting way the Lord prepared me or, or went before me. And um, as I say, I think, I think I'm, I'm really careful to say, um, uh, like I, I just, like the Lord, you know, you sometimes think with cancer and illness, like, you know, um, I think I just want to say, just I just knew, I know God was in control. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't believe He caused it, but He He is in control, and I think that's the thing. That and He went before me, mm. um, and and so I remember, like I've, I've shared this in my testimony. Um, you know, when I shared it read another and at the twenty four seven gathering, there was this. Um, really key moment um the sunday before i got the initial diagnosis um it was at our at our during our red church service and it was in worship and i just had this really profound encounter and um of in during worship we're singing the song um uh central love it's called um in you and the line is in you um is all we need you're my life, you're my breath, you're my everything. And I, I just remember just, just experiencing the Holy Spirit just, um, and I was weeping. And, mm. um, and I remember just I shared with the church like um, this kind of encouragement, like what would it look like to be a people where Jesus is all we need. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I look back on that moment as well, like little did I know what the week ahead would bring and then mm. you know, Couple of you know, four days later, literally, I'm sitting in the office in the doctor's office receiving this diagnosis, and then le- later that afternoon, going having to have a um, you know urgent PET scan and and moving slowly through the machine and and saying that line as a mm. breath prayer, prayer, it came back to me. Um, in you is all I need, and just really that time of just being utterly dependent where everything is stripped away mm. realizing Jesus is all I need and so I I look back on that encounter that was the Lord preparing me a week before so like I think my testimony is that time and time again the Lord met me he went before me mm. he just even like things like um, that initial hearing that diagnosis, as as we say, Mark was in the UK, he was in London. I'm like, how do I even tell Mark? What? How do I even like? What? Like, and when and how? Like, what's mm. the timing? I knew he had some uh, speaking arrangements, and I didn't want to distract all that. Like, what God was doing there. So I just even had to commit that um, the timing of when to share that with Mark, mm. and even the Lord went before me with that, and just the timing worked out well. Mm-hmm how to tell the kids, um, even like the Holy Spirit um, gave me insight of the the best approach with that. So mm-hmm. really that is my testimony. Like he met me on each of those occasions. Mm-hmm. He even gave me promises like Bible verses before I'd go into the doctor's office that really have stayed true. I've continued to pray and hold them. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, um, mm-hmm. I'll stop there for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, listening to those reflections, there's this there's this surrender yeah. that has mm. to happen. Mm. Um, and we hear that 
as leaders to surrender to give to give everything to God. What mm. what's some more things about that that you learned, like yeah. in in the surrender of yourself yeah. to yep. Jesus? Well, I think for me, like hearing, as I said, we're going through this really difficult time as it was, and that sort of sense of like, I think I'm out of this now. Like I remember mm. clearly, like one of the things that really ignited my passion for you know renewal and revival was reading Martin Lloyd Jones' book. Revival, and then I remember us praying together in 2018. Trudy and I, so we went around London and prayed to these different sites where God had moved. And we were, walk- we were walking past Martin Lloyd Jones Church, and us praying out the front, like it was all shut, and we were just praying. And then being back there and actually, you know, speaking in that pulpit where he preached, I thought, oh, "This is an amazing moment," and it felt like this signal of, "Oh, we're emerging out." Mm. So then, hearing the news, literally on the platform of the tube, and then thinking, "Oh my goodness!" And at that time, I was like. Oh, we're hoping it hasn't spread. Yeah. I remember we flew back. I mean, I flew back in and you get off that 24-hour flight and it's bad enough when you're just trying to deal with jet lag. But I remember sitting in the, in the, the you know, we're sitting with the specialist and, you know, then her explaining, no, it has spread and it spread, you know, further, which is probably, you know, we thought at first it was the lymph nodes and actually spread to a, look like a spot on the spine. And then I think, you know, it's like a second crashing down of your world because yeah. you sort of all of a sudden realize like, oh, wow, this is really serious. Mm. And, you know, in my head I was like, oh, best case scenario, there's a tumor, we can cut it out and, and mm. you know, move on. And um, But and I was like, no, this is now, you know, we're, we're in the really serious place here. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, and I know you went through this, Trudy, I'll let you speak to you, but I think it was just like, you know, there, I, I find in ministry and leadership there's these often these moments of will you keep going? There's like the call seems to come again and again. Mm, <laughs> and it's sort of like, okay, so the call came when it was tough and you're dealing with some tough stuff in church. Uh, but will you keep going if it's this, you know, and then will you, and then there was almost like, like, will you keep going if it's cancer? And there was a second thing, will you keep going if it's now a much more serious form of metastatic cancer that's spread? And, mm. you know, I think for me, you know, I began <clears> to realize like, oh, wow, you know, like, like, you know, what, you know, what if I lose her? You know, will you keep going? So all of a sudden, you 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 go into these like immense questions, mm. um, but they're all intertwined into your call. Um, and so, you know, I found the only place you can sort of go is surrender. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you either go, so I'm or I'm out now. But what are you out to? You just out to like, well, I'll suffer just by myself. You know, and and I don't want to. I don't want to. I know certain people probably get to certain moments where like I need to take some time out. But I think it was sort of like another surrender to like, you know, I'm going to go forward, God, even if my life looks nothing like I thought it was. Mm. And I think of those moments, the little payoffs you're expecting, like, oh, I've been through an absolutely horrendous time, but I kept going for you. So now I don't know, what am I expecting? You know, like, okay, yeah. some, you know, you're not expecting like some prosperity gospel Lamborghini, but maybe you're sort of expecting things to be trouble free. Yeah, like a <laughs> reprieve for a few months yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, man, it's not, well, you know. But I know for you it was, it was yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get emotional now too. It's all right. It's okay. so <laughs> off happens on rebuild. Okay, good. I didn't think to bring the tissues. I don't know why, but anyway. Oh, we always have them in here. Oh, I've cried you. that many times on this podcast. Oh, I'll have it just in case. Um, yeah, for me, um, I remember yeah, hearing that initial news is like I was like go take takes me back to that that moment in the in the doctor's office and hearing that the tumor 
that I didn't think was anything um, was actually cancerous. And I remember it's just that feeling of utterly, you are utterly out of control. Mm. Um, that's before I'd even known it was spread. It was just, and um, I remember thinking, I have to tell Mark this after mm. all he's, you know, been through and 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 the kids and, and just like, I have to clear all my appointment, everything, like any plans that I had for the coming year just completely gone. Mm. And so suddenly you just realise like I think think in that moment like it is a, like there's a choice element but there's also a you're not choosing, you are out of control. So like all I really had, the only really choice I feel like I had was to lean into God Mm. Um, and trust to, for him to walk it out. And it did help that I did get this Bible verse before that mm. was the Lord promised to go before me. He yeah. won't leave me or forsake me. And so mm. I like, okay, God, you've given me this verse. You've given me this promise. You will go before me. So so that was kind of that first moment of surrender. And um, and then, you know, that afternoon, as I said, I was in a, in a PET scan and, you know, you have to wait to get like injected with this sort of glucosey substance yeah, or yeah, something yeah. you know you have to wait around so a lot of time you just spent waiting um you know I had to was in a room on my own and I just you know had had that conversation with Jesus and just said who are you going to be for me in this season and mm. um I just knew I was going into it like and I just wanted to go with him and um and I just really sensed the whisper of the spirit saying I'm your suffering servant and mm. I just knew he was he was there to walk with me and serve me in this time of suffering. And um, I just remember like going, like praying. I can't remember if it was just thinking prayer or speaking out loud, but I just remember really surrendering to wanting this to count for his kingdom purposes. And yeah. just if I've got to go through this, like I've got no choice, God, just use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just use it. Like, you know, we all want our lives to be, you know, used for his glory, for his purpose. And that was just my prayer of surrender. Like, mm. just make it count. Like, if I've got mm. to go through it, like, it may as well be worth something. Mm. Um, and, yeah. And I think the other thing that I can say is that through what Mark and I, either individually <clears throat> in our own lives or in, in faith journey or just together of what we've been through, um, we've seen – God's faithfulness in other mm. seasons and that enabled me. It is that classic like, f- you know, f- his faithfulness in other seasons prepares you for faith for the next season. Yes. And so I, I can honestly say that God has met me in the past and I and I think it was that kind of willingness to surrender to what he would do through this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. I think too, like I remember watching Trudy going through that surrender process. I yeah. think there was an element where I was going through it and and you know watching her you see these levels of authority and spiritual deepening happening at just this incredible rate because mm. either you, it's like often i think there's like formation like we talk a lot about formation and practices and forming over a long time and you know like there's been a lot of i've talked about that lots of people talk about that but i think in these moments it's not like ah oh, cancer happens and you're going to do slow formational processes it's either like you're going to fight this or you're going to accept and continue to follow God in it. Mm. So within days, 
just things spiritually change. Like the spiritual atmosphere in a house changed within, you know, 48, 72 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for me, like I'd been carrying, I think, a lot of hurt. I remember we did a we did a podcast I'd read, um, I think it's Heifetz and Linsky, Linsky's book, I think it is, about, you know, um, backlash and leadership mm-hmm. backlash mm-hmm. and how often, you know, when you're, when you're growing, people target the messenger. You know, and, and interestingly, not long after we recorded that, you know, I very much experienced that, you know, myself and I was carrying a lot of hurt and, um, you know, I, I think it's like the enemy will sometimes sort of send these exocet missiles um, uh, which like are almost aimed for your heart and they can do this damage. And I think, I think for leaders, how you carry hurt and go through forgiveness is really key because it's often it's like a slow release poison. Mm. And I remember like I was, I was just been wrestling with that and why God has this happened? I'm carrying this hurt and stuff like this. And and um, I was holding that. And then I remember we, I remember us sitting there at breakfast or the kids had left of school and we're sort of cleaning up after breakfast. And I remember Trudy saying, we're just, she's literally outwardly processing what she just shared with you. But, you know, I'll never forget she said to me, um, you know, I'm willing to, if God has to take my life, um, not that, you know, God's (laughs) taking a life, but if like Mm. if I pass and that furthers, and I I want that to be used for, you know, the renewal that God's bringing in the world. And, you know, I I remember just standing there staggered, you know, and for me it actually weirdly undid some of the hurt. Mm. You know, I, I think... You know, I'd been carrying this hurt because I felt like for a long time sort of trying to push and cry out for, you know, renewal and you feel sometimes you're sort of going up against the, the, the you know, and, and people have been critical about that and, you know, it copped, I mean, don't talk about heaps here, but copped it, which I think is an Australianism. Is that an Australianism? Copped it. Copped it. <laughs> um, which means, yeah, you'd received, mm. you'd received, um, negative, you know, backlash because you're pushing into renewal. I remember, you know, I wrote a book called Facing Leviathan about, um, you know, I wanted to share about what is to lead with a mental health diagnosis. And I read that book a number of years ago when I'd been diagnosed with bipolarity. And it was, you know, when I was about to publish on that book, I remember saying, Trudy, I can't send this. I I don't want the world to know this. But we just felt like there are people out there who've got their own mental health diagnosis that doesn't preclude you from leadership and, you know, that book has gone out and helped people. But I remember someone then, you know, basically sort of said something, you know, like Mark's interest in renewal is effectively because he's mentally unwell. And it was just like a poison arrow to your heart. But in that moment when Trudy said that, I felt she was leading me. Mm. And, um, you know, I've been in ministry longer than Trudy. Um, and so, you know, often there's sort of like, you know, like this journey we've gone on together. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, there were literally moments where, Trudy was leading me as her example um, was sort of just saint-like in our own home. And that saint-likeness, the access point was through surrender, which I saw she she surrendered to God's will, whether that, that was a result like we've received or whether that was not a result like we've received. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, so significant and, yeah, as... I mean, sort of semi-bystanders. Um, yeah, it was profound to see the significance of that and how it impacted um, both of you, but it has impacted us as a team and has impacted our church. Um, 
So thank you. And I think something that I was thinking about um, as you were just sharing that part about surrender is I know that both of you talked about what um, what posture, like asking God about what posture we need to take yes. in order to make our way through this. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's actually really helpful um, mm. for listeners to hear in terms of as leaders when you are facing suffering in yeah. many forms, whether it's yes. health or um, leadership backlash mm. stuff or, you know, whatever other circumstances mm. you might be facing, I don't know, civil war perhaps, mm. um, you know, what seeking God on a, on a posture mm. to take as you, as you go through it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the early praise, prayers that we prayed, wasn't it? Like mm. how do we posture ourselves when we're asking God? Mm. Um, how do we posture for hope in this scenario? Mm. I think, um, I mean, thankfully we have had like great medical um, uh, hope as well yes. right from mm. the start. So there's always there, we have been in that position which has been such a blessing and a um, so we've got medical hope, but then obviously we've got God hope as mm. well, and mm. um, and and our prayer was that the medical would work to its effectiveness. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to posture ourselves. Obviously, there's there's that kind of that the medical in the in the case of my diagnosis that um, the medical would would work well, and I'd get to the state that I am today, like. Mm. Um, uh, you know, dormant, no active cancer. Um, but there is still an ongoing um, posture we need to take because of mm. the metastatic nature of, of the disease in that it, the treatment, the drugs I need to stay on to we just don't know what's happening, you know, in the yes. at that kind of unseen level, level yeah, yeah. Yeah, microscopic mm. level. Um, and so there is still an element of trust and hope for the future mm. and so and that the treatment will continue to work. So so we were having to reframe um, our perspective on on life with a new um, with this new diagnosis. Mm. So mm. Um, and that will continue. Um, but mm. that's early on, I think that um, as we pray God, how do we posture ourselves for hope? Um, I think early on, I think part of the answer of prayer was that he reframed how we saw the diagnosis and how we yes. how we saw um, living with this. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll keep speaking like in terms of it, and then you can add to it, perhaps, mm. Mark. Um, in terms of um, he had us. We've both been by. Um, I think independently we're both reading Exodus, but yeah. um, we realised that soon on that um, like I had a sense to be reading Exodus and. Um, as was Mark and, you know, um, and like really the Lord spoke to us about daily manner, about mm. really being present in the moment and, and living daily and um, receiving from him. And like we felt quite early on, he'd, we'd almost had this spiritual sense of not um, running ahead, yeah, um, like to the future or worrying about the future, but just trying to um, live present in the moment and just the current. And I think one of the advice actually even like from a, advice of just journeying even through the treatment of cancer that I had received from someone who I knew who'd gone through. So just take one, just chunk it and take one step at a time. And I think that is yeah. true of the Christian journey as well. Yes. Just yeah. chunk it, take take one step at a what's what how is gonna God God um going to meet you in that that next step and then mm. next moment. Mm. And I think that has been quite an amazing shift of how I just don't I'm not worrying about the future. Like I think that's been mm. a spiritual answer to prayer, like a mm. God, like a divine mm. answer to prayer, mm. like of um, just the peace that um, he's brought that's 
does pass understanding. Mm. Um, how to just be present to live with joy in the moment. Mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, does that, did you want to Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like for me too, like I, I felt what was revealed for me is assumptions that I made that I never really had thought about. But, you know, all of a sudden when you are, I remember coming out of the hospital, so Trudy had her first chemo treatment and reacted quite badly and ended up in hospital. And, with, you know, you sort of go from this thing where at first it just seems like some mental abstract. You've got this cancer diagnosis, but Trudy looks exactly the same. And, mm. and then she begins treatment and within days, you know, we're at the hospital and, mm. you know, it just she just looks so sick and so unwell and, you know, we're just really concerned at that moment. And I remember leaving the hospital late one night and, you know, just sort of uh, looking out and, you know, seeing these sort of like apartment building <laughs> and sort of like, oh, I remember looking going, hang on, I thought my future, I just assume my future as we sort of grow old together and mm -hmm. and then going, hang on, maybe that's not me. And I sort of think, am I going to be in that little apartment out there? And, and all of a sudden it just came on me how I had assumed all these things about my future. Yeah. And that as believers, we can we can assume nothing. And, and I think that that mention of Exodus is really key. I feel like we've entered into an Exodus space where you're living on daily manner, mm. you're living on the quail, you're you're walking behind the pillar of of fire and and cloud. And it was a profoundly reshaping thing, you know. Mm. I think you definitely do start to go, what was I worrying about? Like I think so many of our uh uh worries are based on things that are actually connected to our flesh. I'll let Trudy um, reflect on this. But, you know, Rob Reamer, who we've had on before, you know, recommended reading Francis Fenelon's yeah. book, Let Go. <laughs> I just might get you to comment on that, Trudy, because it's an interesting fra reframing way of, you know, looking at our lives. Yeah. Um, I won't be able to explain it as well as, as the book, but essentially um, the – the things of our flesh that have not been um, put to death, that those that aspect of our flesh is actually the part that will experience the pain. Mm. Mm -hmm. So anything that is of our flesh that's still alive is what experiences the pain. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, it's mm. quite a big concept, isn't it? Mm. So um, I think the more we surrender and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, Yes, yeah, spiritually we can be prepared for mm. what we go through. Mm. And I think that's what it means to kind of weather the storms of life and um, have our roots deep that down. I think that's what um, what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and I think even like I, I remember like, you know, I really felt the Lord, you know, I was like, what do I do? You know, and I think the church and board and all of you guys, you know, people would have been supportive if I said, look, I need to take the three months off. But I just felt God saying, you know, I think I've always I've always been privileged to be around people who are leaders above me who've helped me understand suffering. You know, you had the real privilege of you know working under you know Alan Deb Hirsch and Deb. You know, was such a introduced me to the you know Henry Nguyen's book, The Wounded Healer, mm. and so that was always my framework of 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 um, you know, thinking about life and ministry. And you know, so I just really felt the Lord wanting me to to keep preaching. So I kept preaching through this. And I remember like the first time I got up, it was this weird experience where I could see, you know, like Trudy just got this diagnosis. The church is shocked and um, Trudy was there for one week and then starts treatment and Trudy's not there, you know. So you're standing at the front and, and you know, we're normally down the front and the mm -hmm. side there and people, you know, you, you see the leaders, the past senior pastor down there. 
we're not there and, you know, they sort of feel this absence. And, and I remember getting up. But weirdly at that moment, I, I actually felt it was easier for me to get up than almost the audience to, mm. to, to see me because, you know, and I remember like my first seminar, I could literally sort of at points here sort of weeping um, because I think at that point I just didn't care. I think it, it – it, it, you know, those first sort of, I don't know, six, seven sermons, you know, sometimes you're worried, oh, is this, am I landing here? You know, what's that person over there up the back? It looks bold. What are they thinking? All these things that go through your head. But I just remember it was just this incredible laser focus that you had of like, this is what this is about. This is what, you know, God's doing. And this is really a heavenly reordering according to his priorities. And, mm. and yeah, it's just fascinating because I think, yeah, the, there was little flesh at that moment I could hold on to, (laughs) you know, it was just like either full going forward in the spirit with God or you collapse in a heap. And, and just to add a little bit more about that posture. Yeah. I think for us too, you know, like we believe in healing. Yeah. We also believe that the kingdom's here, but not here yet. Yeah. I know people have been miraculously healed. I know other people who haven't and, you know, I've buried friends and been there when people have passed and um, holding that together. You know, so like, how do you hold this together? It was really hard in my yeah. head, but I felt God just say, "Live for hope." Yeah. And and if on that journey through the desert, you know, there is a tough moment, I'll be with you in yeah, that. Yeah. So we just felt like we had to posture for hope. We could fall in a complete heap and and sort of pile ash. You know, so there's almost like either you sort of go into some sort of denialism where you just you know just pray hard enough, you'll be definitely healed, yeah, yeah. or you know, then go fully goth or something and, you know, and um, Christian goth and <laughs> just, you know, like this is, this is, you know, we're just going to fall into suffering. It was this, you know, felt this, this middle path with Jesus of we're going to hope for God, mm. but we're going to trust him if, if it's a different result than what we think. Mm. Um, but we're going to posture for hope and, and, and we want to model hope even in the midst of this. Yeah. Like what does renewal look like even in the midst of this? And, you know, for, for listeners, I think I think God has used this profoundly. Like we've come to the end of the year. Last last this Sunday just passed, we had instead of a sermon, we just had a collection of testimonies. And I've never seen God work in a church in all my years of ministry, like he has in our church. And and weirdly he's brought a really different kind of renewal because I think somehow this has all played a part in this. Um yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well that I guess um kind of takes me to where I was what I wanted to ask next and um, when we were preparing for the 24-7 mm. prayer national gathering that we had back in October, um, we had a series of of, um, of videos of people who um, were using prayer rooms around yeah. Australia, well, mainly in Victoria, um, and they were just sharing their experiences of, mm-hmm. of prayer rooms and I showed it to you guys um, before the event was happening. And Trudy, I, I remember... Your yeah. your response and um, uh, I saw you quite overwhelmed yeah. with emotion. You were just like God has God has <laughs> done all of this, even though I've not mm. um, been present. And in that moment, um, I think what struck me was our leadership. As as leaders, we don't necessarily need to be present or no. like physically whatever capable of doing something. Your leadership was yeah. your obedience, yes. your surrender. And your posture of hope. Yeah. That was that was what led yeah. what was going on. Obviously there were people on yes. the ground who were who were doing um work alongside it. Yeah. But um 
yeah, your obedience was was significant leadership and it allowed God to do what he needed to do. So, um, yeah, I, I would love yeah. um, for you to reflect on that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I remember <laughs> that moment of just being so moved by the way the Lord just works beyond me and um, – and I and early on, like yeah, I had to as part of all my roles, and I that was huge. Like yeah, I just had to surrender twenty four seven prayer to him as well. And actually, not just for the cancer diagnosis, I, I that is kind of my leadership posture at all times. I think mm. is just like I can't do the heavy lifting. I can't I can't manufacture a prayer movement around Australia. So <laughs> it's always going to be up to him. But even more so, even when I'm not present to. Um, be you know working um in the office and all those sort of things mm. but um and I kind of yeah part of my prayer is um God like I um you know he knows it all he knows that I've got this um cancer diagnosis to live with um a new health thing to live with appointments all those sort of things mm. and so how do I um and I'm, I was and my prayer is to, to God is just like God you have to do the heavy lifting yeah. Like whatever that looks like, just lead me. And I just want to be in step with his spirit to kind mm. of where are the opportunities that he brings forth and just to be really in alignment and that and he does the work. As I say, like it's quite incredible um, even the response we had of people coming around Australia to our gathering. Yeah, That's not my work. That was the Lord mm. doing all yeah. that. Like um, I'm, I was really just putting a flag in the ground and, and – um, we just create the opportunity, but it is the Lord's work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it was that, like I, I, I reflected on what happened with Trudy was that, you know, when you start, the, the, the job really is trying to start a prayer movement <laughs> <laughs> and outpouring of prayer. And, you know, I, I, we were sort of trying to tell people and, and um, you know, I thought, look, I'm just going to put an Instagram post up because there's so many people we want to tell and just we were dealing with the diagnosis. So I just mm. put up an Instagram post and, and we were just absolutely blown away by the response. And what we found interesting is if you told me like six months before, like this was going to happen, I would be like, oh, I'll be in the prayer room contending every single day and fasting. And I don't know, like, but what's actually interesting is like, we just found this incredible movement of prayer that began for Trudy. Yes. And God just brought these people, some who we'd known, some who Trudy had just met, who yeah. all of a sudden just turned into these incredible prayer warriors for yes. her. Oh, there yes. were moments where, you know, like, that posture was hard to hold and there were some nights where it just felt dark and and you just get the little I think I've got, I've got burned into my brain the sound of Trudy's phone you'd hear this ding and, <laughs> and on WhatsApp a message would come I never forget like yeah. there was one day where yes. we just really were down and just these messages came in from like you know Europe and 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 Africa and and America and it was just like this is incredible God and and I know like a lot of people are struggling at the moment with disillusionment about the church and we've seen leaders fall and it just seems like more is happening and corruption in the church and different things like that. But we've just had the most incredible, beautiful picture of this year of just God's people praying. So we didn't feel like we had to, you know, I felt like God was saying to us, you know, look after your family, look yeah. after yourselves. You've got a church, you know, I know it's less for you, Trudy, but, you know, for me, like the church. Yeah. But it was just like God's created an army yes, absolutely. To, to carry this. And yeah. and weirdly, Trudy ends up sparking a, <laughs> an incredible <laughs> movement of prayer through this and, you know, and, and just providing like, you know, there's a lot of 
bills and stuff, you know, tests and stuff like this and just people giving generosity, just unbelievable mm. stuff. It was amazing. Mm. So at this point of your um, your journey, I feel like that's the word that is often used yeah. For, yeah. Um, for cancer. Um, so at this point, yeah. what, what would you say um, you've learned or what are you reflecting on? What are you, mm. yeah, what's most poignant for you at the moment? Yeah. Um, I think just that God is trustworthy, mm. that God is faithful. And I think the way that God has revealed himself in my time um, and, it, you know, Mark, our family's, you know, experience mm. and journey mm. through this um, is that God has met us. It's not to say it wasn't easy, but he met us on the on yeah. the hard moments and mm. um, and went before mm. and prepared. So he is faithful. So I think that prepares me f- to trust for for whatever's next. And um, and I think that the answer to prayer, like I keep I often say to people, is just that it's peace that does go beyond understanding. Yeah. Like it really is peace that is not of this world. Um, so I think that has been, apart from the healing, the, the big answer to prayer has been the peace that we have um, experienced yeah. um, and continue to experience. So, mm. um, yeah, so God is good. I think I just wanted to share like um, a really key moment of revelation that the Lord gave me. As I said, we'd be reading Exodus and um, and really for for me, yeah, being taken out of these roles, it was this moment, like this mm. wilderness experience, you mm. know, suddenly you're in isolation, just having to go through chemo, watching the world go go by and everyone, you know, um, getting on with life. Um, and um, but I, and I, I remember it was readjusting to the new life and the new perspective and and thinking, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, it was a, an element of grief of like, what was I'm not going to be the same person you know mm, like mm. I do have this shadow hanging over me for the rest of my life and and um and yeah like kind of even coming to terms does it mean I'll live less years or you know all that kind of stuff sure. so anyway I just had this really clear moment where I just sense the Lord speaking to me and and he said don't go back to Egypt mm. Mm. Don't grieve what was. Mm. Trust me that I'm taking you somewhere better. And I think that just doesn't make sense when it's like a cancer diagnosis or like, like, but it was just like that deep down assurance that God always has something better. He's always working for our good and, and like it's like valuing that, spiritual growth, that relationship with him over temporary suffering, Mm. even walking with this, like will give me an opportunity to lean into him. And so it's like choosing to lean in him and the the spiritual blessing over any earthly sense of security. And like, as we know that that's actually false, like Egypt is false. It's Mm. false security. Mm. Um, And so the only true security is to lean into him. And so I've had a couple of revelations of like, God, it was these moments of like, is this a weird gift? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it a weird gift that um, 
I have this perspective in life that I have to live in dependency on him and, and um, yeah, I'd have those conversations with God, is this a weak gift? And, and the other thing I would say, and I've shared this before as well, but just that he really spoke into my identity and my mm. calling and as someone who is called to lead prayer and champion prayer and to lead on the front line really and to lead with someone with hope and to be someone who raises the banner, um, that's who he's spoken, you know, into my life in the mm. past. And so, um, so he, like, and that Psalm 23 um, a lot of people had kind of words of encouragement yes. from that passage of like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And mm. so like I can still walk even though this sort of hangs over me yes. yep. with that posture of hope. Mm. And he's spoken to me about being a person of hope, mm. um, heralding hope. That's deeply to who he's called me to be. So so in it, the Lord has spoken to my identity. He's given me hope. He's given me um, spiritual revelations and mm. he is taking me somewhere better. And and so that's what I want to testify today and share that he is faithful. Mm. He will meet you where you are, mm. whatever that looks like. I think that's given me an assurance. And, and I don't want to gloss over that this isn't hard. Mm. Mm. Um, there were certainly days where... Um, you know, that pilgrimage is very underwhelming. <laughs> it's boring <laughs> um, and lonely. Um, but just lean into his presence is is my encouragement and just hold on to hope that there will be a new season. Mm. Um, and I remember like even there was this kind of another worship song that I was listening to, um, this present suffering, there will no need to worry, there'll be glory after this. So whatever that looks like, mm. we have a promised eternal glory. Mm. And so leaning into the glory and the hope of glory mm. um, is my encouragement. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Trudy. <laughs> um, man, it doesn't matter how many times I hear this story. Mm. Um, thank you. Mm. Um, thank, thank you for it. your encouragement. Um and for the way that you walked it out yeah. and continue to walk it out. Um, Thanks, Liddy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity to share. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And thank you also, Mark. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You walked it mm. alongside. Yeah. Mm. Um, any other thoughts before we conclude? I, I just think it's, you know, as I've listened you know, I think this is, you know, there's books on leadership you read and and there's programs and stuff like this, but I just find so much of this thing of wrestling with what is it to be a Christian leader is actually this sort of stuff. Mm. Like I don't know the manual, mm. you know, and, and I'm so privileged to have learnt from my wife in this and, um, yeah, so I just, I just hope it's been encouraging. I'm encouraged <laughs> to do it again <laughs> and I lived it, so, yeah. Well, bless you all. We pray that you are encouraged. Um, and, yeah, thank you again for for walking alongside. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's meant a lot. Um, mm. So that's Rebuilders for today. Mm. Thanks for joining us. Thank mm. you, Trudy, in particular, for joining us yes, <laughs> on yes. the panel. Um, we'll see you next time. Mm.